0: Welcome to The Journey. I'm your host, Chris DeMix, and this is where I pick the brains of your favorite musicians about their musical paths from the very beginning and throughout the years up until the present. How they got from point A to point B, from their earliest musical memories, that very first song they remember hearing, to who influenced and inspired them. The moment they knew they wanted to be a performer, what led them to their instrument of choice, embarrassing first recordings, performances, and everything in between when they fully realized this was a pure, unadulterated passion, way more than just a fleeting hobby or something they enjoyed in passing. We go deep and get the inside scoop of how, why, and when this all began. No two stories are the same, each unique to the individuals telling them, and everyone as fascinating as the next. So join me now as we embark on another journey. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Journey, and today we are joined by my good friend, and basis for lesson, Jake. Roger Lima, how's it going, Roger?
1: It's going good. That's me. How's it going? Going fantastic.
0: You are the uh, last but not least guy in the band that we're uh, <laughs> gonna do here on the journey. I've, I've uh, talked to everybody else, so take us back, man. Like you know, I, I probably know out of anybody, in Taking it back. Probably know the most out of anybody in the band. Probably about your story. I feel like we've we've talked a lot, but there's still things that that I don't know that I'm curious about. So. Take us back to like, and I don't know this, what is your first <laughs> your first musical memory? Like your first time where like something got you dancing at a wedding or uh nursery um, rhyme, cartoon, something.
1: I honestly couldn't tell you, man. I, I, I really couldn't tell you. I, I mean, I've just been around music and doing music and it's just been everywhere, like my whole, around everything in my life, my whole life. So it's really hard for me to like pin something down. I mean, I remember being like, you know four years old and my uncle's band is practicing you know what i mean and i remember being like six years old and hearing a song and instantly like realizing that it had some some connection to me you know what i mean like like uh, i don't know it's like as far as listening to it or dancing it's like my family's brazilian like there was always music on everyone was always dancing it was just wasn't like It was just part of life in such a big way for me growing up.
0: Well, that's kind of what I want to talk to you about, because you mentioned uh, being Brazilian and you know, you were exposed, I know your grandma and grandpa, uh, your, your mother's parents were playing a lot of traditional Brazilian music. And then of course you're hearing rock and roll, uh, on your uncle's side and you were born in Tampa. You weren't, you weren't born in Brazil, but your family, you, you were kind of exposed to, to very, very different styles of music. And I guess you, you said your, early, one of your earliest memories was, was your uncle. Did you remember seeing his band
1: play live? Um, I don't remember seeing them play until maybe I was, when I was like a, teenager like much later but you know they were always around the guys were always around Um, my uncle lived with us for a while and the drums were like in the house for a long time when i was like really little so it just was something that i was just really used to you know what i mean yeah (laughs) but i didn't see him play till a little later
0: and when you saw or when you okay we're listening to music or do you remember seeing uh anything uh, i guess maybe mtv or or earlier than that maybe uh, something on dick clark's american bandstand where you're like i want to be a drummer or i want to be a guitarist or i want to be a singer
1: yeah not really i wasn't really like you know exposed to like some visual thing that made me want to be a musician like it was just always like about the music i mean my real dad is supposedly a guitar player my uncle was a drummer there was like drums in the house growing up so it was just kind of like instruments were around. I don't know how to explain it. It was just always around and always music getting played and stuff. And I, you know, shout out to my mom for always having music going on.
0: Right. Well, you, you, talked about like your biological father, anybody on his side of the family have any musical aspirations or were they musicians?
1: not that i know of I and mean, he had a bunch of brothers i think some of them might have played guitar or something but i know i just i don't really know
0: <laughs> okay but your uncle who is your mom's brother so i i would i would say it's on your mom's side of the family. your mom loves music your sister plays the drums so it seems like it, it may have been that side of the family you got all this from
1: yeah man for sure it was just always around and uh you know i just remember like learning drum beats at a really young age and then you know um just kind of always singing and you know just and then i remember like you know Singing in church and getting like kind of called out and being like, hey, you know, we like you. You want to sing the solo part in church? So like I was pretty little. So stuff like that. And then, you know, getting into piano lessons for a lot of years as a little kid. So stuff like that.
0: When did you know? Because it was pretty early on for me and I didn't really put two and two together that I was good at it. I just kind of, you know, could hear things. When did you notice like you were punching a key on a piano and you can immediately go to the note with your voice when other kids maybe couldn't?
1: Honestly, when I started taking piano lessons, my thing was always like, I just wanted my teacher to just play the thing for me so I could just hear it. And then from hearing it, I could fiddle around until I found the notes that were the right notes for whatever she was playing. I didn't necessarily want to do the sight reading. I just wanted to like, hear it. And then I could just kind of, I just knew that I could hear it again in my head and like figure it out on the piano that way. So I think around that time, I was probably what, like maybe eight or nine or something when I was doing piano, started piano lessons. I was pretty little.
0: And what do you feel? Because not many of my punk rocker friends and actually J.R., uh, you know, went to music school and, and, and you had uh, studied music. I, I never studied it. I played piano for a little bit. But again, I just wanted to play. I didn't really want to hear anything behind theory and anything. But do you feel any of that helped you some of that theory stuff early on?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just learning the stuff like the cadence between notes and, um, you know, the kind of math behind the rhythm of things, uh, behind you know, like the way that music is written. And uh, yeah, I think uh, it helps like kind of t- kind of tune up what fit and what doesn't fit, you know, as far as like the way that classical music and major minor scales and de- demented, you know, uh, dimensions chords and like all those cadences and all that stuff like definitely like had gave me an early edge going into uh because you know i went to like catholic school until seventh grade Mm -hmm. and there was only the only music that was going on there was singing in church there wasn't like a a quote-unquote music class you know what i mean there was no instruments or anything so then you know like later on like my mom got remarried and then we like moved and stuff and i went to a public school and they had like it was like oh you will take music as an elective and that's i was already like 12 at this maybe 13 at this point right and That really changed the game for me because, it it you know it put me put me in a room with other kids that were playing music that I hadn't really done that before.
0: Now was this was this jazz band because I know you were playing was this when you started playing the viola?
1: It is, and it's funny because like it was like oh, okay, you want to take a music course? Okay, I'll take a music course. And it's like okay, well, there's jazz band or orchestra, and it's like okay, well, I want to play drums. And they were like, oh well, <laughs> there's they are they already have too many drummers, so you can't do that. So okay, so well, what else is in there? And it was like you know horns and stuff and I was like "Eh, I'll just I'll go to the orchestra and I didn't really even know what I was getting myself into with the orchestra but I ended up (laughs) doing it
0: for three years well hold on so I was going to ask you like I kind of did earlier like what was the instrument you wanted to play but you know if I were to pick one for you it'd be drums you're always that's the first instrument you go to in a room you're always tinkering with the drums you've always been that way so you wanted to be the drummer they didn't have a position for you so they're like okay don't want to be a horn player I'll go over here and when you picked up the I've never even tried to play a viola like it's like a a, <laughs> a, a a violin essentially what was that like
1: well, well yeah well you know what's funny again when I first got into that class now here comes the shout outs right so my teacher was amazing in my orchestra class I started on the upright bass and I played that for like maybe like half of the first year and uh it was all right but she really needed someone to play in the viola section was kind of like nobody wanted to play it's it kind of an oddball instrument it's like you know you're not like doing any of the cool solos like the the uh, violins and the cello is just like a kind of a cool almost like sexy instrument you know what i mean like it's just like it's like amazing sounding and the viola is kind of like the b-side kind of like a support slot kind of (laughs) thing but um you know i got talked into it so you know i switched over to viola and uh i don't know man i just uh there was something about that teacher to be completely honest with you like she really like brought stuff out of me and encouraged me in ways that like i didn't like understand how it was like forming me for the rest of my life. Like she was such an amazing teacher that there's no way I would be where I'm at without her. Because She really pushed me and like gave me opportunities. And Angel Vassell was like, she was like (laughs) the biggest deal for me, man. She was amazing.
0: You've talked about her a lot to me over the years i you a lot and but at the same time i mean i had teachers that were really cool that were really into history and wanted to teach and but i i just didn't want to learn about that i wanted to learn about music so you obviously love music you got in there and you had someone that just was able to tap into that with you and really hone it in and and uh, it seems like you gravitated towards her
1: yeah man she was amazing she just um besides being sort of supportive and kind of encouraging of me using my like sort of natural talents in my ear and stuff. She was give me an opportunity to be like, oh, we're going to do this song, but this song really needs like a drum part. And she would be like, Raj, you're playing the drum part. Get some drums in here and you're playing the drum part. You know, we're going to play the full orchestra, but you're the solo drummer thing. And I'm like, it wasn't anything complicated, but it was cool. I got to do it. And then the really major thing that happened <laughs> is I was 14 or 15 and my teacher gave me an acoustic guitar she was like take this home and tinker with it i think you'll you'll like it and that was the first time that i ever like really had a guitar and how old were you i think i was 14 maybe 15
0: okay but by this time you you're into maiden and descendants and stuff by then right or was that a little later
1: uh not not descendants yet but maiden for sure yeah i was i was kind of brought up on good good classic rock kind of stuff you know and uh Made in ACDC Aerosmith, um, like that, that strain of stuff. So, uh, but I was super into it, but like Descendants is a little later. I was probably, I was probably 16, 16 when I got a Descendants cassette. Yeah, it was a little later.
0: The reason I asked about the, the rock and roll was in, in like the, the heavy metal was because you know, here you are. I look back at these pictures, of your mom around 13, she posts <laughs> online, and there you are in your suit and tie with a viola. But like, at what point did the rock and roll bug you? I know early on your uncle's band, but at what point you're like, okay you, you saw something on mtv or that moment
1: you gotta understand i was going to those orchestra classes wearing a jean jacket with iron maiden backpacks <laughs> that was that was <laughs> with patches all over my my jean jacket i was like a full metal head when i was in seventh eighth and ninth grade but i was in the orchestra yeah <laughs> I, my friends were the dudes that listened to metallica and like listened to anthrax and stuff you know what i mean like I was in I was in I was a metalhead like on the outside, but I was in the orchestra.
0: Who was the first guy you talked to? <laughs> was it at lunch? Where was it where you're like, hey man, I, I, I play guitar? And he's like, I play drums and, and you got something together. The first time you ever jammed with somebody else.
1: Oh man. Um well, you know, I had this one friend throughout that time that played guitar, his name was Brandon, and we, we probably fooled around playing guitar together before. I actually like sort of had a band, or I'm kind of cloudy on that actually. It's weird, but um, it was uh, it's going to be this guy Richard Rippy, who's a bass player that um, that I met like around the scene of musicians. He didn't go to my school, but I somehow met him. We started having our moms drive us drive us around and drop us off so we could hang out and play guitar and bass together. And uh, that was I was I was definitely 15 around that time. And that was the first time I heard like Fugazi. He was the guy that exposed me to like a lot of that sort of DC stuff. Like in that, and that was like sort of, um, I would say Fugazi was like the main influence for like my first band.
0: And are you speaking of Disposition, the first band?
1: Yeah. My first, like first rock band that I had was called Disposition. Yeah. It was...
0: <laughs> I've heard the cassette. Do you still have the
1: cassette? I probably have it on a shelf somewhere. Yeah. there's like, <laughs> We actually like, you know, I, I was a guitar player singer and uh, we uh, had a little band and, we rec- we did one four song recording in a terrible little studio it was great
0: talked about this a, a moment ago where i said you know when did you like realize you were hearing things other kids w- weren't hearing and and did did you remember ever driving anybody crazy with your ear like some of those first disposition where you're like you're out of tune to the bass player like what are what are you talking about because because i was always that guy until i met you and when I met you, you upped my game because you were like telling me I was sharp and flat. I'm like, I'm going, no, that sounds fine to me. And and you were starting to hone me in. So do you ever remember, <laughs> do, do you remember that happening? Because I remember people being frustrated with me.
1: Well, it was a different situation for sure because it was like, I was the guitar player singer and it, the, the bass player didn't really sing. just did a couple of shouts here and there and, and the drummer was good, but they were kind of holding it down. And I was just sort of like, being loud on top of that so there wasn't any like (laughs) i didn't have someone else to sing with you know nothing to compare it to so it was probably i was probably out of tune too (laughs) you know the funny thing is like i had like a terrible garbage guitar that it was like i think i paid 32 bucks for it from a kid around the corner it was like a harmony electric it was terrible it was it would never stay in tune it was clunky to play so every time my band disposition had a show i would borrow gear from like friends or something like i i never had like a decent guitar that whole time
0: well, it was great. and I I must interject right here and say that your your mom's father, your grandfather, who, who's uh, sadly no longer with us, he was the uh, master mechanic, master carpenter, of building things. He taught you all this <laughs> stuff, so you know you were always from the moment we met, and we'll get into this in a little bit when you first joined less than Jake. I mean, this guy basically took a car stereo speaker and made his first bass uh, cabinet, <laughs> cabinet, you know, out of which, which oh man. which you were always when you we were talking about that a moment ago. You're, you reminded me of all the stuff that you always you're always tinkering with things which is uh probably oh, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably, probably why you've uh, you own a studio but what was the first concert you saw
1: i have to say that my first real concert was a u2 concert at the orange bowl in miami and it was i it was the joshua tree tour is that 82 or 83 like it's it's somewhere early like that something that that time frame i think
0: Joshua tree is around eighty seven.
1: Oh no, then that's not the right one. <laughs> but I remember <laughs> see, but I remember seeing Joshua tree uh, Joshua tree in the stadium so that was that was or that u two in the stadium. Uh, that's pretty early on. I don't remember what else big like that that I saw, you know.
0: Now, was disposition, I mean, you were kids, you couldn't get into bars. Like, wh- where were you playing? Were you, did you play at friends' garages or something? Or So,
1: like, in that scene, there was stuff, like, people would have, like, house shows on their tennis court or something, like, in their backyard, if their parents would let them have a party. There was, like, a warehouse that was sort of, like, a venue, but it was just, like, in a in a warehouse somewhere, and it was, like, not legit at all, but they had shows, like, every weekend there. It was... That was kind of a weird place. There's a couple small venues that we played. We probably only played like 10 shows, eight shows total in high school, you know?
0: <laughs> right. And did that band last you all through high school or did it like you stopped in your junior year and didn't have another band or did it, did that take you all the way up until you left for, for UF for college?
1: No, it kind of fizzled. It, it, it didn't, I wasn't even really doing it too too intensely, you know, like in my senior year, I feel like it was kind of like, Uh, mid high school for me Mm -hmm. and then i was just kind of just kind of playing i just kind of kept playing guitar and kept just getting my chops up learning metal songs and just like different kinds of music and just picking stuff off the radio and learning how to play it and i just kind of always just kept playing guitar but but uh we didn't really do anything (laughs) we weren't really trying to do anything serious you know
0: so you find out you got accepted to the university of florida and do you recall yep, yep. The, the months leading up to that when you found out? Do you recall saying to yourself? And I've never asked you this question. I, I don't. I have no idea what you're going to say. I'm going to get a band together in Gainesville, or I'm going. You know, that's that's where I'm going to find some people to play with.
1: Mm, you know, I don't really think that I was looking at that at that phase in my life, mm-hmm. man. Like I was a senior, and I was you know getting really good grades. Um, I was kind of getting serious about studying chemistry and science and i was like digging the math and stuff and i kind of was okay to be like in college mode and i really wasn't expecting or predicting or planning anything i just played guitar
0: well uh, i'm maybe uh, overstepping my bounds here but uh you didn't stay in college mode for long <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely because absolutely (laughs) because i because (laughs) i met you pretty much right when you got
0: there buddy and we were jamming all the time get the acoustics
1: out and i know man it's just that's just the way it rolled i mean i was only in gamesville for what like two two or three months four months before i met you so it's just the way it was you know we just started playing and things started happening like people started perking up and, and we were we were excited and it was a different Stuff just happened <laughs> I don't
0: know <laughs> Well, and I I always tell people And people have heard the story here, I've told it before how, how we met And how you got into the band But, you know A lot of times Younger people Will ask musicians you know, How did you make it? How did you guys do this and that? And I say, man You gotta find the right people You know And, and you were driven Vinny was driven I was driven And, and uh, you know you, you can't You can't uh, You can't replace that that drive And what that Obviously you have to have talent But, uh, you know I, I feel like I hit the lottery In that aspect Now, it's January of 93 we finally ask you to join the band, but you don't even have a bass at this point.
1: And, and- dude, I wasn't the <laughs> bass player. I didn't understand that. Like my sister was the bass player. My sister was the one with the bass and the bass amp. You know what I mean? Like she could like rip through a bunch of Metallica songs like on bass. Like I was a guitar player. I never like it was, <laughs> but it was a crazy moment. And it was it was a uh, it was kind of awesome though because like you know went out went to a pawn shop got a bass started tinkering with it and then it was the same thing as before where i you know if i heard something i could just pick it out it didn't really matter if it was fast or quote-unquote complicated or you know whatever it was a big long bass run or something because i came from that world of metal of like you know like pretty serious guitar playing you know like those guys can rip you know oh, so i don't yeah. know so it's just playing bass was just like, oh, this is kind of like a mini guitar solo is the bass line in a way for me and the kind of music that we were trying to play. So it just, just worked.
0: Well, less that Jake had existed just in name only really uh, for like six months before you joined, we had another bass player and uh, you know, I had said, remember saying to you, you know, you're like, I, but I play guitar. I'm like, I know, but we need a bassist Cause like we were into screeching weasel. We were into like green day where it was just like, you know, basically, you know, weasel had two guitar players but it was, it was the one guitar approach. You were like a, you're like a three piece. And finally you reneged and said, okay, you go out, you buy this $50 bass. you, I think it was, wasn't it a, your car stereo speaker that you built Built the box around or something.
1: Yeah. So, like, yeah, my grandfather was like an (laughs) electrician. He like taught me a lot of stuff. So, even when I was in high school, like when I I was like, oh, I'd love to have a monitor. That would be so cool to have, like a monitor, like put your foot on when you're playing guitar. And I didn't, I didn't go buy one. I built one out of wood and put a speaker in it and had a slot on the side to plug in the cable and all that. And like, I just kind of did that again. It was like a, it was like a big 15 inch speaker, and we just built like this cube that was like carpeted. (laughs) It was totally like. A base system out of like a Miami car. <laughs> that was the base amp.
0: I can still see that uh, rectangular head you had. What was that that you were using?
1: Okay, so I think when we first started, I was just using this PV four channel like PA head.
0: That's what it was. It
1: was just like it was just like a. I still have that thing, man. It's just, it's just like an old little mixer preamp like amplifier like PA head like yeah. garbage.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it was insane and I and I bet if we were able to go back and be a fly on the wall during those first rehearsals that bass uh, rig sound, probably sounded horrible but I thought it sounded great. It made noise. It was perfect. And uh <laughs> y- let's let's go back to that time, 93-94. I mean, it just it's such a blur because the band got going. I mean, when you got in the band it, the whole thing changed because the, you and I had already been kind of hanging out and we were harmonizing, you know, whatever, playing all kinds of songs together on acoustic guitars. You joined the band. And from that point, they, they just accelerated. We started going to Daytona. We started going to Jacksonville. We started going to Tampa to play. At what point do you remember going, man, there's something here. There's too many kids showing up. And, and now kids are asking me to sign their, their CD. This is something's happening.
1: yeah it's definitely a blur for me man it it was such a sort of like steady progression of that kind of stuff we just kind of like we built things up so like one brick at a time i thought like like it it never just fell into our lap like you know at 100 miles an hour that it felt like this this is like okay this is just what's supposed to be going on because we're having fun people are having fun and we're you know slowly making a little bit more money every time it's like slowly growing Man, it's like we were playing Scott at that time. Like, it was like this thing that was just happening. So I just, I was just on board. But I don't know. I think just when the whole major label thing started coming around a couple of years later, I, that's really when I thought that, you know, we had something going on that was beyond like driving around in a van. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Ab-
0: absolutely. Yeah, no, I, yeah. It, it, all these little things and you used a great uh, analogy. It was one brick at a time. It was literally one dorm mailbox on campus with a flyer in it at a time. It's just all those little things add up to what, what we had built uh, in the band.
1: Yeah, man, it was just uh, it was just kind of slightly undeniable that when we would play a show and it, we would get that energy off the crowd, the way that we felt when we would go, when you and I would go see a show that, of a band that we loved that's what it felt like, you know, we were getting that same kind of love back from the crowd. So it was just, it was just, uh, I don't know, it just felt good to keep doing.
0: <laughs> I remember ripping away at the guitar, like on Pezcore with just this reckless abandon and just going up to the mic and singing and I'd be like, okay, that's a take, let's go. We, we didn't have any money to record and we were, we were learning as we went. Do you recall, because I do recall, it was during Losing Streak, and I don't know if it was you or it was Mike Rosen, but somebody said, you're singing ahead of the beat. You're singing too fast, you know? And I, and I remember thinking, what are they talking about? I'm just I'm just doing my thing. Do you remember when you started to really critically listen in the studio?
1: A little bit. Um, I remember that as well. You, you know, when we were cutting... Losing Streak is when, you know, things were a little bit under a bigger magnifying glass. Yeah. And we were, like, we were in a room where it had kick-ass speakers and, like, every, the, the mics were amazing. Everything was amazing. You could really hear every little thing. And um, I remember like uh, just catching a punch on a line or something and just, you know, really, really minutely laying something back just to make it fit the sort of unevenness. Cause that was no click track, but, you know, the drums would kind of dip there for a little part or something. And I would kind of follow that and paying attention to that timing and following, but that's, that's all stuff that comes from those years of orchestra and those, you know, all that stuff of like being a team player and like listening to the other people in the room while you're doing your thing and making it work out, like it, it just yeah. felt sort of natural. But, but when we were doing that record is when, you know, as far as playing bass goes for sure is when I was kind of like, okay, like, you know, I'm kind of getting a handle on how to, how to like lay this down with the, with the right placement and stuff. Like displacement, yeah. this this placement does not, this, are you rushing a little on purpose so it pushes so it feels that way or are you pulling it back a little bit so it drags so it pockets and it feels that way like that stuff?
0: Yeah. Well, I feel, too, as, as a musician, you can only get better by the people you surround yourself with. And, you know, there was a time when I'd be up in front of the mic, you, you, you would say, you know, that was flat. And I know what flat means but I didn't know how to correct it necessarily. And when you say that now, it's like we speak the same language. The next take, I'll do it, you know? And 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 uh, it's it's so cool to be able to, to develop that language with people in a band. And as everybody knows out there that follows Less Than Jake, we have had going on, uh, well, three decades now. It's 30 years as a band. What
1: is your, what's the moment that stands out to you, man? Is, is there one? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, you know being in front of a large crowd is is a momentous occasion in anybody any musicians like life or career so those those massive shows that we've got to play you know and those huge festivals and those like having that many faces in front of you dancing or jumping around like those that feeling of those huge shows is like that's that's pretty incredible man you know i mean for me like as a musician just getting to have played the writing festival you know getting to have played a bunch of these festivals in japan that we got to play stuff like that that's huge for me and aside from that you know it's just the experiences that we've had you know making songs together and like how that is like a growing process yeah and how we kind of continue to, to like figure out how we develop songs and that's that's still my favorite thing about all of this i love playing shows i love working on other people's stuff but just hanging out and coming up with songs that we think is cool is still the reason that i want to be a musician because i still want to do more of that
0: yeah and 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 you've, you've been very prolific for the listeners that don't know rogers had a band for going on 20 years now called Rehasher. you guys have done what four full-length records
1: yeah there's a bunch of records a bunch of singles it's, it's a good time
0: did a project with uh, Jen from No More called Greenhorn
1: hey. <laughs>
0: Of course, you have the Moat House Studio that you've had for uh, over twenty years now, and uh, you're, you're, you're <laughs> constantly recording bands. I, I think that is uh, th- that's that's the fire that keeps you going. Yeah, you love the live shows, but it's it's being in the laboratory and creating that gets you uh, gets you moving.
1: Absolutely, man. It's it's um, <laughs> there's a science to it. It's you got to put up your sleeves and 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 do the ditch digging when it comes to songwriting. And um, that that takes time, and that's I'm into that. I'm into that investment into like you know like working on something for so long that what comes out the other side is is great.
0: <laughs> and and lastly, do do you ever feel like you've plateaued? Are you in a plateau now? Do you feel like you're constantly learning and constantly getting better?
1: Ah, I don't know, man. You know, last couple of years, I got to say, you know, with the what's gone on with uh, the world and and everything it's kind of slowed me down to be honest we, we haven't been playing as much and we've we've been fortunate that we've had the shows we've had and we've gotten to work together on some songs and stuff but it's not like it used to be so it's i feel like like i'm waiting for something to happen and then and then some sort of massive inspiration will come and, and there'll be like a flood of music but at the current moment i'm just excited to get out on, on the road again and kind of like start building back up again after these kind of like weird two-year hiatus that's happened. To be honest, you know.
0: Amen to that, man. I can't wait to get back out there myself. Well, uh, yeah, buddy. Thanks for sitting with us today, and uh, thanks to each and every one of you for tuning in to another episode of the journey. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark.